Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another very special bonus holiday episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where I bring you the stories of coffee people. We're in between seasons six and seven, but I recently had a talk with Nettie Taylor. She is the owner and head roaster of Ray Gen Coffee in Bandon, Oregon. While you're listening today, check out the new Ray Gen merchandise and holiday gift packs on raygencoffee.com. Today's conversation was a special one. Not only was it Nettie's first appearance on a podcast, but our conversation was her first ever video chat, which not only made me feel honored, but also immediately made Nettie one of my heroes. I'm always inspired by people who are willing to step outside their comfort zone and try something new. And I'm always inspired by people who manage to limit their engagement with the internet. And I'm not just saying that I was inspired. I've actually gotten pretty comfortable with my coffee drinking experiences, and it was this conversation with Nettie that motivated me to dip my toe out into some deeper waters. If she can do something new, so can I. So I recently started ordering espressos to go with my standard batch brew black drips. Speaking of coffee, I hope that you have a full mug of something too. Maybe a holiday-inspired hot peppermint mocha, or an espresso that just knocks your socks off, so that you have something to listen to during this interview with Nettie Taylor of Ray Gen Coffee on the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. Any questions for me before we get started? No, I've been listening to some of your podcasts. Sounds great. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. People seem to like it, and it uh, enables me to spend a lot of quality time in the closet here uh, where I record this <laughs> show. <laughs> nice. Nettie, welcome to uh, the podcast. I'm really glad you're here. I'm hoping the first thing we do for the audience is just if you could say your name and the name of your company and where it's located and uh, what your role is uh, at the company. Sure. Uh, my name is Nettie Taylor with Ragin Coffee Company, located in uh, beautiful Bandon by the Sea, Oregon. And I pretty much do everything at the company. Uh, I even clean the bathroom. So, you know, packaging machine, roasting, um, anything my employees do, I can do. So. And just to clarify, that means uh, you sound, that sounds like an owner to me. Yeah, I am the owner. <laughs> okay. I should uh, let you know right away, I've been to Campton Bandon, I've been to Bandon a few times, and I really love kind of that area of Oregon along the coast. Uh, so I'm a little bit of a homer for, for that area that you're in. So I'm excited to be talking to you today. Yeah, it's a great place to be. I saw my first orca whale in Bandon, so I'm very partial to it. I talk about it all the time. Nice. You are not the first owner of Raygen. I'm wondering if you could tell us kind of what the history of the company is. Sure. Uh, my parents started in about 1995. I was still in high school and stayed in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they went ahead and went on this venture and opened a small uh, coffee cart inside a really tiny little building down in Old Town. And uh, a couple years after that, they moved to a building across the street, which is now Bandon Coffee Cafe. And we sold that, um, oh, probably, gosh, 2007. And we're able to move into the large roasting facility we're in now. And just kind of grown from there. Big help, uh, Bandit 
golf resort. They were a nice account to have to help us just, just go over to wholesale. We had another raging coffee down in Crescent City, but at the same time someone offered us our cafe in Old Town, someone else offered us to buy the cafe in Crescent City. So it worked out really great. And we were able to continue roasting in the cafe until our building was completed. So that worked for a nice transition to just going home. So yeah, so you started as a a retail location, and you had and there was a cart with the company with your your parents, conveniently named Ray and Jen, I believe. Yeah. And uh, so we know where the name came from. And you've since transitioned to wholesale. When did you get started in the business? Kind of, I'm assuming you worked for your parents growing up. It wasn't just overnight. I did, yeah. How did you work your way up to where you are now as the owner? What what made that? A decision you decided to keep pursuing. Not everybody wants to work with their parents and continue that legacy. So, right. Originally in Albuquerque, we had a place called Jennifer's Cookie Jar. My mom was a baker and did uh, baked goods, and we did the balloon fiesta down there. And they saw how much the coffee cart was selling, and they thought, "We love coffee. Let's go ahead and pursue coffee." My parents are both from the postal post office background, so they moved all over the place all the time. They decided to move up to Winston, Oregon, and Roseburg area, and uh, my mom worked at the post office there, and my dad just kept coming over to the coast, loving it, crabbing, fishing, and he's like, we got to open a place here. So uh, he just started that, and then I came, and that was in 95, I came in on board in 2003, I kind of lived in a bad neighborhood, I had a four-year-old at the time and thought this isn't really where I want to raise my kid so came to Bandon loved it decided this is a nice small town atmosphere everyone watches out for your kids and and so we made the big move up here me my husband my son and decided uh, this is where we're going to stay we're not going to move him from school anywhere and so the poor kid started roasting coffee at about eight years old because <laughs> we were always at work. <laughs> <laughs> when did you phase into the ownership part and and take over that part of the business from your parents? Oh, gosh, I think it's been about four years now. 2018, 2019, uh, February, or no, April 1st of 2019, I think it was. So the easiest four years of the business, I'm assuming, with the coronavirus and the pandemic. Oh, yeah, right. What a great time to buy a business. (laughs) How did that transition work for you? And then going into the pandemic, how did that impact Regen LLC? I've heard from a lot of different coffee roasters that there were some silver linings on the business side of things during that time because everybody was drinking coffee and buying coffee for home. But as a wholesaler, I would assume a lot of your clients are business clients. Yes. And so most things around here closed down, of course. And um, uh, the golf course still remained open because they could socially distance without a problem. They're outside playing golf. So that worked out. I still had that going for me. I moved most of my um, stuff to grocery stores because people were drinking at home. Uh, We have a local market here in town that uh, sells a lot of coffee and to this day still does. So that worked out really good for me. Um, but the restaurants, it was a struggle. And luckily, I saved money and I was able to get through a few months that were questionable. And But it made me really look deep inside and say, is this something you want to do? You know, 
And I thought, well, I A, don't want to work for anyone else. I really like what I do. And B, I love coffee. And that would be an expensive habit if I didn't work here. So <laughs> <laughs> I decided to stick it out. <laughs> uh, that is true, uh, especially if you're drinking good coffee. Before you did this, was there the potential for another path? I think I read somewhere that you were a Harley Davidson mechanic at one point. Yeah, I did that for about three years. I love bikes. That's my love of life. But I don't really enjoy riding here in Oregon that much. Down in New Mexico, it's all desert, open. You can see everything. Here, it's everything's a guardrail and animals, wildlife, deer, of course, constantly getting hit. And the wind is its just not my favorite. So I kind of outgrew it, you know, <laughs> kind of moved on and thought, that this is a better route to take. And I'm happy I did. I actually used to ride motorcycles uh, when I was in the Midwest and loved it. And since moving to California, it started to phase out of my life. Uh, I actually don't even own a bike right now because I just don't enjoy it. It's a lot more stressful. There seems to just be a lot more going on on the roads and it, it, it's harder to, to have that meditative experience I was having back home. You mentioned Bandon, Oregon being a small community. Obviously, I've mentioned I've been a, a tourist there a few times. How have they em embraced you? I, I know there's another coffee shop uh, in the old town, kind of near the brewery there. Where do people find your coffee? I mean, are you just in the restaurants? Do you do people order your coffee for home? And then how does the experience of being in Bannon impact what you do? I mean, do you expand outside of that region? Um, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I ship coffee like to Manhattan. Um, we have a really good uh, friend of the family that... Uh, is a coffee farmer's daughter that uh, operates two restaurants in Manhattan, and we sell her her family's coffee. So we're really proud of that. Um, my, my parents have been to her family's farm, and then a guy from here in town uh, is a Manhattan real estate agent, and he married her, and we didn't know the connection until years down the road. And we're like, wow, this is such a small world. And so we're really proud to sell Columbia Cochalou and we market that it's, you know, we know the farmers, so it's family friends of ours. So we're proud to sell their coffee. You roast on Diedrich Roasting Machines, I believe, and I saw that you attended the roasting school in Idaho, the Diedrich Roasting School. How did that come about? And I don't know that I've ever spoken to anyone who went to that school. Uh, what is that that learning experience like? I mean, how do you just walk in on day one and they assume you know nothing? Or is it, you know, what is that training program like? Well, I actually went to see our roaster being built because we roasted on a six pound Primo at the time. I wanted to check it out. I was happy that it was made in the United States and they just started teaching us all about profiling. And I thought I knew everything. I knew nothing, you know, <laughs> one of those type of deals. I was young. It just basically starts out with them teaching you how to profile on a Dietrich and make sure that your times and temperatures are where you want them to be and what you can do to change the flavor of coffees. And they had really good service techs. Um, I just recently bought my second IR-12 due to the pandemic. I couldn't get parts as readily. And I thought, well, I want one that I can swap parts with, you know. But they've totally changed, upgraded, renewed everything. So the parts might not intermingle. Things have changed from like a six inch smokestack per se to an eight inch. So that's a new learning curve, bigger fan, more air intake. 
It's a constant learning experience on the, I mean, it's a manufacturing operation, uh, which I think a lot of people don't realize when they are thinking about coffee as a romantic idea to get into. Uh, you're, you're working on a production facility. With your roasting, I was just reading a little bit on your website about uh, the coffees you sell. What is it uh, that makes a coffee? What, how do you decide, I guess, is the question, what coffees are good enough for you to work with or that you would like to sell? I know that tags like Organic or Rainforest Alliance have been something you've done in the past. How do you go about choosing which coffees that you're working with? I try to mimic what my dad started because he had such a good thing going that I don't want to change too much. Uh, recently, I've brought in a couple of new coffees that I don't really have a place to sell to. Luckily, I know enough people that drink coffee. You know, I can, if I don't care for it, I can get rid of it. But um, we brought in the Jamaican Blue Mountain for the first time this year. I've never had it before. I was really excited today to roast it. We're going to go ahead and cup it tomorrow and... Hopefully it's awesome because it's pricey. So, <laughs> but I uh, definitely try to just stick with what I've always done. I order basically from the same people every year. I have about six, seven people I deal with on the importing side. And I, I would love to be an importer someday, but I'm just not quite there. And I don't have the people. There's not enough people in my area that home roast or have a roasting operation to really get into selling 300 bags in a year. I can probably, I can almost go through that myself, but I'd really like to sell to other people too. So I'm always open for local roasters to come in. I had one guy bring in a big bun bag grinder and ask me to fix it. So I always am open for other roasters to come in. I work on their equipment, you know, share ideas they always joke and say, oh, my wife says, don't tell any of our trade secrets. And I said, that's fine. You know, you don't have to tell me anything. <laughs> it's kind of fun. A pandemic did take out a few people that like major organic accounts. You were talking about the organic. I'm no longer um, organic certified, but I still follow the same practices as I would be. So I do sell organic coffee, but it's not my main focus. But I love to offer to people who are looking for that. So Basically, the Rainforest Alliance is a big deal to us. You know, we don't want all of our natural resources cut down. We want them to still produce coffee, and be environmentally friendly as they possibly can. And I try not to buy anything that I know is made with chemicals. So, Why the Rainforest Alliance? Obviously, just it's, it's good for the environment. But why is it important to you? Um, it's a definitely a good marketing tool and also I don't want to see devastation of them just clearing the land and you know I really like to work with people who care about where they're buying coffee from like th that's why I brought in a bag of uh, Congonese coffee and I did that strictly to you know help their community members get water resources get education on um, planting the coffee taking care of it harvesting it anytime anyone's trying to make their world better, I'm all in. And I think Rainforest Alliance really sticks with that. And You've been continuing, um, you said, what, what your father and, and, and mom started. How was working with family and do they still work with you now, even though you're the owner? Yeah, I'm computer challenged. So I call my mom in all the time and have her help me with labels. You know, designing labels is really hard for me. Um, so I, I 
I would rather be working and fixing stuff than doing the computer. So I definitely call my mom in for that stuff. Tax purposes, I call her in for that. They have a motorhome and they prefer to go hang out. Uh, they like ham radio and doing stuff like that. So they have a group of friends they hang out with. So I can't hardly ever get like my dad. He, you know, unless I have a really great coffee and brewed up, he don't even set foot in the place. But <laughs> they support me 100 percent. But they enjoy retirement as well. Sure. Well, you mentioned that uh, your son started roasting when he was like eight years old. Is there the potential that he's going to continue on that path with you? Yeah, that kid, he moved up to Portland to roast for Farmers Brothers. I don't know. I kind of think he's a traitor. <laughs> but no, he, he now teaches me things about how they do things at Farmers Brothers. And uh, he recently has just left to go to Yo Cream. So he's a warehouse worker at Yo Cream up there. And he has a new baby, a year and three months old. So I am a grandma now. So that really motivates me to continue this so that someday I can hand it down to either him or her, depending on if he's interested or not. And they are looking to move back to Bandon once she gets to be about four years old or so. So that way they can raise her in a nice small town environment, not have to worry about everything. Yeah, similar story to, to you. Uh... Yeah, no, it's like history repeating itself. <laughs> what is something that uh, you've learned over the last couple of years since you've taken over that surprised you about about the job maybe you weren't expecting you know you mentioned earlier that when you were young you thought you knew everything but I think we we all kind of think we know everything at whatever stage we're at until we realize that we haven't is there something that stood out uh, that you learned over the past few years that you that you could share um surviving the pandemic that was amazing and I felt pretty good about coming out on the other side of that that taught me a lot that you can't rely on just certain accounts. You have to, you know, go find new things. Um, and it just kind of pushed me to do better and want to do better and keep going every day. Uh, on that note, uh, is there anything new or is there anything coming up for Ray Jen that, um, that you're looking forward to? Anything different from what you've been doing? Well, today was this podcast. I've never even done a <laughs> Zoom meeting before, so this is great. <laughs> when you mentioned that, I was just so shocked, especially after the past few years of the pandemic. I am on a Zoom or a video chat almost every day. So to meet someone who hasn't done that was, I was very uh, envious of you in that regard. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm embarrassed, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, I think it's it's fantastic. The last question I have for you, which I hope is an easy one, is if you are out in the world and you're going to order a cup of coffee or you stop into a coffee shop, what do you drink for yourself? Oh, gosh, it's been so long since I've had coffee out. Um, when we had our coffee shop, every day I drank iced vanilla breves. I just love them. And um, anymore, I drink drip coffee, so I probably order a drip coffee and see what they have to offer in that aspect. <laughs> It's hard to go out and have coffees at places when I'm stuck here all the time drinking coffee. <laughs> I don't think of it. I usually go and order a Pepsi, you know. <laughs> I really appreciate that you were you took the time one to talk to me and two that you took uh, a chance to do something new today with the podcast and the video chat. Is there anything else that you'd like to share at all about Raygen or just about coffee in general today before we go? Yeah, well, we are just coffee lovers, and we love meeting other coffee lovers and sharing stories about coffee. 
pretty much coffee is life and uh, we just enjoy the whole atmosphere of everything around it. I got a great chance to go to Peru one time and I got to see how hard people work to produce our coffee and I want to keep that going, you know. Very cool. Well, Nettie, thank you so much for being on the show. And, and the next time I'm in Bandon, I'll uh, I'll try to find you and, and uh, have a cup of coffee with you. Oh, please do. Definitely. Come on by. We'll be here. Okay, to recap, Nettie comes from a family of entrepreneurs. Her parents, Ray and Jen, founded the company in Bandon, Oregon, and now her son, who's been roasting practically since he was just a little kid, is out working in the industry as well. And maybe there's a future where he comes home and works with Nettie at Ray Jen Coffee. During today's interview, Nettie said two things that really stuck with me. The first, quote, I thought I knew everything. I knew nothing, end quote. She said in reference to her experience at the Diedrich Roasting School, and I immediately noted it, as being the story of my life too. Anytime you start something new, be it a business or writing a book, you start with a base of knowledge that most often feels like enough. It's only when you're in it, flailing around, that you realize you only had a sliver of the knowledge you'd need. That sounds scary, and it is. But with a little flip of perspective, it is also a good way to remind yourself that the doing is just as important as the planning. Plans are important, but they can change, and being able to adapt, learn, and adapt again is a skill that can apply to every aspect of life. Don't be afraid to go forth, survive, adapt, and thrive. I feel like I fell into a little bit of a Michael Scott circle there. I'm okay with it. The second thing Nettie said was, quote, Anytime somebody is trying to make their world better, I'm all in. End quote. It's a very cool way to think about life, and it is a reflection of how Rage and Coffee is run, with their effort to support the Rainforest Alliance, operate organically regardless of certification, and by offering an open invite to other Central Oregon Coast coffee roasters to visit the facility. Finally, Nettie said the Brevet was the type of coffee she would most likely order if she could ever get out of the roastery. I don't know that Brevets are as commonly listed on menus at most shops anymore, but if you were listening and wondering what it was, a Brevet is similar to a latte with an espresso base, but instead of milk, A Breve is topped with steamed half-and-half and and a layer of milk foam. Half-and-half has more fat than milk, which leads to a thicker, richer coffee drink. I want to thank Nettie for taking a chance and joining me on this podcast and remind you to head to RagingCoffee.com to buy coffee or check out their new merchandise. I'll be sure to link to that in today's podcast show notes and again on RoastWestCoast.com. And if you've been listening to Roast West Coast in 2022, you are not alone. This podcast was recently featured in Barista Magazine as one of their top coffee podcasts that you should be listening to. We published more than 2,700 minutes of this show, over 68 episodes in 2022, which were heard in more than 31 countries. Thanks to Spotify for that wrap-up. In my opinion, the most important show stat is that we were one of the top shows shared by listeners to other listeners. In fact, we were in the top 15% of all the podcasts shared on Spotify. That's literally thousands of podcasts. I'm honored that you are out there listening, enjoying, and sharing the show. Thank you. If you want me to send the show to your email along with all the bonus coffee content that comes with the newsletter, please enter your email on roastwestcoast.com.
you can choose which shows and which columns you want to receive. More new episodes of the Roast West Coast Coffee podcast and our new podcast show, Coffee Smarter, which focuses on making better cups of coffee at home, will start dropping in January 2023. But before I go today, I also got to thank my favorite industry partners. Shout out to Cafe La Terre, Moster Coffee Company, Steady State Coffee Roasting, Camp Coffee Company, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Ignite Coffee Company, Marea Coffee, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, and Ascend Coffee Roasters. I've added links to these partners in the show notes, in each newsletter post, and even on the front of RoastWestCoast.com. If you're still looking for holiday gifts or an indie business to support, put them at the top of your list. Thank you to everyone out there listening, supporting, and sharing this show. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope that this episode has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. Always tip your baristas and be sure to drink good coffee. Hey there, podcast listeners and friends. Did you know that this show is a listener and reader-supported creative effort? It's true. In fact, I'm often creating it while my neighbor is using a chop saw to build something or the train is going in the background. It takes a lot of work, which is why I'm asking if you're out there enjoying this content, please sign up for one of the paid subscriptions. There are a bunch of crazy cool people who already do that on RoastWestCoast.com. The podcast is always free, but as the newsletter grows, there are more and more paid subscription benefits. And damn if we don't appreciate the support that comes every time a new name shows up at the top of that subscriber role. Thank you for considering, thank you for listening, and thank you for sharing the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast.